What did we talk about last week? It's a great question. <laughs> I just edited it and <laughs> I can't fucking remember what we talked about. Broship, a non-romantic pairing of two characters together. It focuses on their relationship as friends or occasionally as real blood related brothers. Welcome to Broship. And let me just start off with the absolute honor of introducing the man, the myth, the legend himself, the man who deserves all the attention. I'm giving it to you first because that's the kind of human I am. I would never ever want to come off as someone who would just consider themselves to be so important. So I just got to start off with my buddy, John. John, how are you today? Well, Matt, uh, I'm doing pretty well. I just want to thank you for letting me uh, come on your podcast um, <laughs> and somehow, I'm being so nice and somehow you're able to just turn it around come on man it's a <laughs> gift it is a gift to troll this hard no I'm good I am good uh, I'm happy to just you know be able to talk to you again oh, I appreciate that buddy see your face it's it's like it's like my therapy session coming coming and talking to you for roughly eight to 10 people to listen. <laughs> That's my therapy every single week, which might not be the best representation of how I'm expressing my feelings, but that's fine. We don't have to get into that at all. I, I do want to say quick PSA of broship. We had a scheduling change. We did. We kept saying that we were going to release on Monday and we were not <laughs> releasing on Mondays anymore. Um, and realistically, we record on Thursday. The turnaround of having it ready by Monday, it would essentially mean that we have nothing to do with our weekends. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, Matt and I decided that, that we're gonna break up we're and gonna the okay. podcast is over i thought we were gonna wait a little bit before we told the children um <laughs> matt and i decided that we are going to move the episode releases to friday so you can start your weekend with us and the best part about that is it can only get better so your weekend yeah. can only get better from when you listen to us on friday the perfect pre-game pre -game audio Oh, 100%. Right? Uh, looking at your face makes me want to drink. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad L thing. It's like l listening to good music and looking at your face makes me want to drink. Okay, because I was about to say, there's, I think I cause a lot of people to drink, so I, I just I, never know if it's a positive I, or a negative. I was thinking more along the lines like, you know, you're, you're, you're so damn handsome and attractive. Oh, buddy, I, have, buddy. I have to tie one on just to be able to have a conversation with you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, man. As we sip our seltzers. Not like alcohol not, not, seltzer. Not al just... No, just normal. My, I'm drinking lemon lime. Oh, I'm, I'm, drinking, I'm drinking tropical cherry. Ooh, all right. Interesting. Yeah. But however, <laughs> while we may be having a schedule change, we are still going to be on the exact same platform as we have been from day one. John, what is that platform? It is the one, the only Anchor. That's right. And Anchor is great because it's basically the easiest way to make a podcast. And it's free, which if you know John and I, 
free means a lot. And I will get to that. I will further into that point later on in this episode. But besides that, there's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is great because you don't have to go out and spend a bunch of money on these expensive microphones, these expensive softwares that make you subscribe and you have to pay every month. That's unnecessary. Um, how do you think? What do you think about Anchor? I re- really, really can't like say how easy it is just to be able to try to figure out how everything is going to get thrown up for people to listen. It's so much easier because I have a hard enough time writing a description. So <laughs> the fact that Anchor takes that hassle away of uploading to Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, and everywhere else that it uploads to many, many platforms, the most platforms, many are saying that. <laughs> There's been some deep research and it turns out we are on the most platforms, the, big, the greatest ever. platforms, the biggest platforms of all time. <laughs> ever. And it's, you just upload to one spot and it goes straight up and perfect for us also that we can schedule. That's something that we haven't spoken about either. So let's just say you are in a routine, you record on a Monday, you release on a Friday, you can have it edited and everything on Wednesday, schedule it for Friday. You don't have to worry about a thing. Second you hit um, schedule, You don't have to worry about anything. Just wait till whatever time you schedule it for, and it'll be right there, the date and time that you schedule it. Exactly. And like John and I said earlier, not only are both of us extremely poor, but we have about eight to 10 listeners. And the best part about Anchor is they don't discourage that. We are still able to get advertisements and make money from our podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. So now that we got the uh, business out of the way, let's go to the back of the mullet and party on. Sound good? Damn straight, Wayne. (laughs) Party on, Garth. So (laughs) I do want to start the episode off with something. I'm going to feed into my ego a little bit and I think it's justified though. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm probably going to feed into your ego. So, all right. That's even better. I always like to feed into my ego with no, uh, no currents going against me. I am um, Jim from the town. (laughs) That's how I describe Like that's, that's the type of friend that I am. That's, so you don't you don't have to do you not get the reference if you don't get the reference i'll explain it please explain because i'm just trying to i'm I'm trying to make you feel good because most times i do get your references i'm a little bit lost wow so in the town sorry in the town ben affleck goes up to uh jeremy renner and he's like um i i need you uh you can't ask me about this you can't ask where we're going, what we're doing. Can't ask me about it after, and we're going to hurt some people. And Jeremy Renner just turns to Ben Affleck, and he goes, whose car are we taking? That's the type of friend that I am. I don't I ask support. questions. I like it. Whatever you need, I got you. So I'm Batman, you're Hawkeye, and we're going to go kick some ass. 
Yeah, but you're like the bad Batman. I'm Ronan. Okay, I dig it. So that last, uh, me missing that reference might negate the claim I'm about to make, but I'm just going to go for it. Anyway, I consider myself to have a fantastic taste in movies. I... And I'm so glad that you brought this up because I have it in my notes. That's what I, I like to hear. I'll, I don't want to take away. The floor is yours. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I consider myself to have fantastic taste in movies. I, since I was probably in middle school, have always, as much as I love the big franchise Star Wars and Avengers movies, I also love the stupid, like, artsy movies that don't get as much love. Um mm-hmm my girlfriend usually hates when I pick movies out because most times she won't like them. Uh, But when I feel very passionately about a movie that I pretty much think about and talk about every day, it warms my heart when someone actually takes one of my recommendations. And my favorite human being in the world sat down and watched one of my favorite movies in the world this week. Jojo Rabbit, just please, what would you think? Okay, first off, I am flattered, honored, and another adjective that I can't think of that you said that I am one of your favorite people in the world, because there's a lot of people in the world, and I don't think I should be anyone's favorite or in their upper echelon, but I appreciate it. You're one in seven billion, buddy. Love it. I like those odds. Um, I love the movie. I don't know, like, is it too new to not have, like, a spoiler? I think at this point, if you want to see Jojo Rabbit and you haven't yet, skip forward a little bit, but I'm not holding back. I loved it. I, I loved it. I loved the beginning of establishing Jojo Rabbit as, or Jojo, as um, this young, scared, underdog type of kid that is both trying to fit in and trying to prove himself. And I love, uh, I love the little, the Yogi? Yogi, yeah. I love Yogi. Every time I heard his voice, it's very similar to when like I see your your name come up on my phone. <laughs> Just happy, happy like warmth took over my body. Every single time Yogi was on screen and opened his mouth because he's he's like he had I think he's like eleven. So I don't know if yeah. this was like a an accent on top of his British accent, but he had like almost like a youthful young like British accent, which made it so much cuter. Um, he's this little chubby kid, which yeah. chubby kids are just automatically more adorable. Yeah. Honestly. And I, I don't say that because I was a chubby kid, but it's just facts. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, I loved how he's an underdog. He gets a pep talk from his imaginary friend who is we should probably Adolf explain. Hitler. We should probably explain what yeah. this movie is about. So yeah. this takes place. Well, in, no, if we're talking about it, people have seen it. Yeah, but just in case people haven't seen it and don't care about spoilers, well, and maybe okay. this makes them want to see it. Who knows? 
what Jojo Rabbit is about, it takes place in World War II during Nazi Germany. And back in World War II, there was a there was a Hitler Youth, which was basically Boy Scouts who wanted to grow up to be Nazis. This movie takes uh, this movie is about a kid named Jojo, who you know thinks he wants to be a Nazi, mm-hmm. and he's going to this camp, and his imaginary friend is Hitler. So there's Hitler in the film, played by the writer and director Taika Waititi, one of my favorite creative minds of all time. And he's playing basically an imaginary version of what a nine-year-old sees to be Hitler. So he's a little bit stupid. He's dumb. It's kind of like a caricature of him. And he discovers that a Jewish girl is living in his house, being housed by his mother. And there's this back and forth where he can either stick to what he thinks is right as a kid, which is be a Nazi, or realize that there's a more correct way to go on in in life and not give up the Jewish girl living in his closet. Um, yeah, that's a, honestly, I could have sworn you just read the description of of the movie from like, I think about this movie all the time. It was, it really is so. All right. Sorry. Back on track. Um, I love how, you you get that like emotional moment where he's an underdog uh kind of similar to in captain america when um he tries to fight off the guys in the movie theater or outside the movie theater but he just gets walloped until someone comes to help him like i i love the fact that one of the openings like right in the beginning of the movie jojo is kicked down underdog and then has a pep talk from Adolf Hitler, runs, has like, you feel like, oh my God, this is going to be his moment. And then he just throws a grenade, hits the tree, blows himself up. And like, it just kind of ruins that feeling for you. But it's also comical how they go about it because like, he's a, what, 10? Yeah, also 10, 10 some, somewhere around there. Yeah. And they do that thing where he is like, oh, shh. And then the explosion. Um, I didn't know that uh, Rebel Wilson was in it. I didn't know Rebel Wilson could be so funny. Ooh. I never never found her funny. Really? No. Because I, I hate in movies when a character's comedic characteristic is that they're fat so in pitch perfect where everything's based around her being fat amy i think i mean you know i i don't dislike the pitch perfect the first pitch perfect anyway the rest can you know get locked up in a well somewhere but i'm a big pitch perfect one guy yeah it's a good movie but they you they misused her and she's been in a couple movies where you, they do the same thing to like a Melissa McCarthy when a woman's fat her only comedic trait is that she's fat it's kind of like even um same thing with Amy Schumer i i hate when actresses if they're not you know the hollywood standard of a hot woman their only characteristic of funny is their biggest flaws that they don't look like a you know a Hollywood woman. So 
in a no, movie like that. this, in a movie like this where she's able to, I know a lot of her lines were improv and then just when she's able to have a more serious take on comedy and it has zero to do with how she looks, it's just refreshing to see her in a role like that. I personally always thought that she was funny because she mm-hmm. has that very uh, dry delivery. Yeah, she's got I great just, delivery and great timing. It's just nice to see her used right, I guess. Yeah, so. no, no, absolutely. I, I understand what you're saying. I thought you, I thought it was going to be another one of those moments where we just, like, I liked um, an actor or, or a character and, or vice versa. Yeah. But no, I, I, I thought, <laughs> like, one of the funniest scenes is when Scarlett Johansson uh says that um Sam Rockwell has to find Jojo a job mm-hmm. and then she sarcastically is like yeah get him get him a gun and get him a the backpack and and then Rebel Wilson comes comes with the backpack and he's like <laughs> here's your backpack and your gun <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's great because you know obviously the subject matter is intense and it's very hard to make a movie like that if you don't do it absolutely perfect. And Taika Waititi does such a good job at making fun of the Nazis and making them seem so stupid and so clueless the entire time. Yeah. It, it's great. And, the char- you know, he does such a good job at character growth through these mo- this movie. You know, I mean, Sam Rockwell's character is a perfect example of that. This guy went from being a total dick to risking his life for JoJo and so looking out for him. I, okay, let's test it out. I okay. personally, I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, me too. But I hate the fact that he's always used as a villain. Now, I think that that speaks to why I like him so much because he is such a good actor that I still like when Sam Rockwell is in a movie I'm watching, mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys that I'm like, oh, I wish that you were like one of the good guys. So I would argue that he is one of the good guys in this movie though. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, you don't have to argue it. He okay. is cool. Okay. He is. Um, but that's what, that's a, just another little thing that made me like the movie even more. Cause I'm just like, finally like every person that was in the movie was someone that i liked mm-hmm. um great cast like, yeah yeah great cast yeah as far as you know the big names i mean yeah. obviously I, I didn't know anything about yogi or jojo or well those um, were like i mean they really hadn't do, done much yeah yeah before that and uh or elsa um so then i <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh so hard when Jojo first starts writing letters as uh, Nathaniel? I think so, yeah. And one of them is like, yeah, nope, don't want to marry you. Uh, <laughs> I found someone and I'm probably doing nothing because I'm a big loser. <laughs> they, the way that I'm, a lot of this for me is going to be kissing Taika Waititi's ass. The way that he's able to portray a nine-year-old is yeah. amazing. The fact that he's yeah. able to make this nine-year-old have feelings and be very real 
and express emotion, but then to go back and write a fake letter to a girl he's trying to upset by saying, oh, I'm lazy, dumb, and doing nothing. It's such a great mix. Uh, and then when he immediately writes another one because he saw he, he upset her. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I want you to come to France, but I, <laughs> he still throws the jet where he's like, I'm, I'm still fat and I'm still doing nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I loved it. And um, again, kind of more of a sub, sub, synopsis, not just giving away everything. Like, like you said, it's a very, very heavy, you could watch family guy and they could make crude humor about, that situation yeah. in, in history about um, the Holocaust and genocide and um, you know, the, the reign of not, yeah, like Hitler's reign. Like you could make crude humor, but I feel like this is the type of humor that even if I, I feel like there wasn't anything crude about it. I feel like they weren't poking fun at really too many things that, people would get offended at. I I feel like, because I remember you telling me about this, I want to say episode two. Yeah, probably. Um, so I remember you telling me to watch it, episode two, and I remember you saying that he, Taika Waititi, I can't speak today. There you go. Um, creates movies and shows when he's doing serious stuff, he doesn't know how to direct that in a serious manner. So yeah. he tries to add like his own humor into the deeper situations. I think that he nailed this so fantastically because listen, there's really no, you and I will have emotional impact with Thor, but there's no emotional impact to Thor Ragnarok. No, it's a bunch of jock jokes and bombs going off and fight scenes. There's no, I haven't watched it yet, but there's no true emotional impact to what we do in the shadows. Yeah, for for sure. Like there can't be, it's just vampire. It's a documentary on vampires. Yeah. There might be serious moments in it. There might be heartfelt moments in it, but this is a serious topic. This is a serious moment in history and he does a good job of making you feel and also laugh, which, I mean, yeah, we are kissing his ass a lot right now. Oh, I will um, kiss his ass forever. I mean, he's he's probably, it's like him, Lil Dicky, and Elon Musk are probably our biggest listeners. <laughs> totally. They're, def- they're definitely one of the eight or ten. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so... I love the fact that they started to show the transitions of Sam Rockwell. Cause I thought that he was going to be like a womanizer kind of, but then he was, he's at, yeah. So yeah. the ongoing, it's joke. not, it's not, it's not like announced. No, it's never announced, but the ongoing joke is, Again, they're picking fun at things. So, you know, a big piece of joining the Nazis back in the day was out of self-preservation. 
because Nazis weren't only going after Jewish people, they were going after gypsies, they were going after people of color, they were going after gay people. Sam, the joke about Sam Rockwell's character is that he's secretly gay with another character, Finkel. And there's always little bit teases. And this is a big part of his character development because when we first see him, he acts as this like larger than life. He's an ex-Nazi. He was on the lines. He got injured in war. And now he's teaching children how to do what he did. Throughout yeah. the movie, we see him soften up by him getting a little bit weak and kind of showing a little bit more of who he is. So little things like him holding hands with Finkel or him, he has a costume that he wears in war and it looks like an Elton John costume. I, <laughs> the scene where he yells at Finkel and he's like, I meant dogs, not German shepherds. <laughs> <That's all laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, then he's like, I'm sorry, it's, it's a stupid name for a dog. I shouldn't have... I shouldn't have yelled at you. And then they both kind of lean in for a <laughs> second. I'm like, that's hilarious. And when everything is like in that slow motion action mm -hmm. and you just see Sam Rockwell and Finkel <laughs> wearing the design that they showed Jojo. He's got like, like face makeup on, arm tassels, sparkles. <laughs> but he showed it 20 minutes earlier in the movie at yeah. least like – like, it's one of those things that you're just like, oh, okay, this is kind of a funny scene. But then to have that have been it a callback payoff, and like, yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, and then it's Taika Waititi being Hitler when, when Jojo is like, I don't, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to do. And they both like kind of look at each other and he says, Burn the house down and blame Churchill. Burn the house down and blame the church. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's probably better. That's probably a better idea. Well, and then, you know, I think one of the parts of the movie, or one of the pieces of the movie that I often overlook and I don't warn people enough about is there are a lot of serious parts, too. So I... And I fucking hate you, though. Like, so, I'm so happy that you showed me or told me to watch the movie because it was phenomenal. It yeah. really was. Like, 9.8 out of 10. Yeah. So, <clears throat> fuck, I'm going to cry. Can, can, I, can I explain it from my point of view? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get more. I'll get more of your side. I get two text messages from John at 9.30 at night on Tuesday. Let's say, fuck you for telling me about Jojo Rabbit. And then thank you for telling me about Jojo Rabbit. I then get a Snapchat <laughs> of this man in a single tear just going down his cheek. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I should have warned him. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't. You no. did not. You left me right out to dry. Uh, I, again... I really hope that no, nobody has made it this far and is like, what could they be talking about? I can't wait to see this movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson spends the entire movie, and this is one of those little details that, to, like, you and I are very big into storytelling. And yeah. 
being creative and the whole movie Scarlett Johansson ties Jojo Rabbit's fuck Jojo's shoes. Yeah. Well, one constantly. of the first things that Hitler says is that you don't know how to tie your shoes. Like that's See, a, that, a, one, that one right over my head. Yeah. So after the SS do, which by the way, he's also hilarious. I forgot oh, his name. Um, Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant is one of the best deliverers of dry comedy ever. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's another scene. Like, <laughs> they come into the house and you can feel the tension because you're supposed to feel the tension, but then yeah. they all just, like, salute Hitler all in a row. Like, like not together. Like, times. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just little things like that that make you lose it. Yeah, because you're so scared because you know what's going to happen. You're terrified. And then I wish I could mimic it, but it just probably isn't for the best. I'm glad that you don't. Yeah. People people know what the salute to... to I hope so. But just the way they say it is, again, a thing that should not ever be funny. So well done. Yeah. Um... They, so I want your opinion after I, so they find Inga because, I mean, they find Elsa because she decides that she's going to expose herself, herself. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And she then says that she's Jojo's sister, Inga, who was dead. Um, They ask for her papers she gives the papers to Sam Rockwell. She says the date, like the birth date, and Sam Rockwell gives her the paper, or she says the wrong date. Sam Rockwell is like, all right, make sure you get a new picture. So then the SS take a book that JoJo was writing about like the inner mind of a Jewish person. Which again, it shouldn't be funny, but if you watch the, the entirety of the movie, it because is. They're poking fun at how, like, the propaganda used at yeah. that time. Yeah, you know they they did everything in their power to make Jewish people seem not human. Yeah, and that's what this movie reflects. And so they they take they take the book, they go. Now I'm going to pause it right there in the story. Do you think that they knew or do you think Sam Rockwell was like, she said the wrong date? So what in my mind happened, all right, major spoilers, major spoilers, major spoilers. So if you really want to see this movie, skip ahead. I think Sam Rockwell already knew that JoJo's mom was hung. That's why he tells Jojo to stay home. He says, stay home because... So the first thing that Stephen Merchant's character says to Jojo is, do you know where your mother is? And he's like, no. There's got to be some reason why Sam Rockwell's character is coming over. And I think it's because he knows what happened to Jojo's mother and he's checking in on Jojo. He sees this is going on. He realizes that they are harboring Elsa and doesn't want to get Jojo and Elsa into any more trouble. Mm-hmm. Pretends everything checks out. And that's when he's like, stay home, Jojo. Because he doesn't want Jojo to see what we're about to learn in the movie 
10 minutes later. So I, I took it as nothing had happened yet. Okay. I do agree. I think that because a couple of scenes before that is when Jojo is saying how he's writing this book and you see Sam Rockwell's face kind of be like, Hmm, you have all these ideas of how a Jewish person thinks and feels. And so almost like he got, he was tipped off. So Mm -hmm. I think he knew. And I also think that Sam Rockwell knew um, that the SS was going to inspect the house. So I think that's why he was going there to run interference. And like you said, protect Jojo. I don't think like I didn't take it as um, Scarlett Johansson being dead. I did. I, I, I didn't take it as her being dead until later on. Yeah. And that's one of the things that it definitely totally shocks you the first time you, you watch the movie. I love the fact that he didn't show. Yeah. I love the fact that he didn't show her face. There's, yeah, the way he does it is so artistic. It, I'm getting like teary eyed thinking about the first time I watched it because up until that point, while it was a serious movie, it never felt that serious. And, and it, was, it was all, it also kind of felt like a race. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, like it felt like a race because there were, I, I think, again, like a couple scenes before that, uh, Yogi was telling Jojo how he's a, like actually a soldier now. And he was kind of explaining like, yeah, things are kind of like picking up and we have mm-hmm. to. So it was almost like in your head, you're like, okay, like it's close to, Germany no longer or Nazi the Nazi reign no longer existing so if they can make it in what movie time would be like another hour and a half yeah then it's a happy ending but just the part that destroyed me absolutely destroyed me is that you see the shoes that the mom like Scarlett Johansson yeah yeah wore the entire like dancing in them at like and again, artistically, I don't think that either one of us would have been like, oh, okay, she's wearing these shoes. They kind of show the shoes more than you would expect, but you don't really think of they it. They make it a point that you remember the shoes. Yes. Yeah. But you don't, they do it in a way where I don't think that it's like, okay, well. It's like subconscious. Until, un, yeah, until you see the shoes and you just know that it's her. And again, she spent the entire movie, like anytime they went out or anything like that, she tied his shoes. Yeah. And then one of her shoes is untied, and Jojo ties her fucking shoe, and I lost it. I lost it. I was so sad. I was crying so hard. And to quote Dean Cook, I was crying so hard that I had to see myself crying. (laughs) And that's part of the reason why I sent the Snapchat. Because I was like, this hurts so much. Then, fast forward to the allies take Germany. So now Elsa's free. So now Jojo is writing another letter to Elsa and he ends it with me and, like me and my buddy Jojo, 
we figure out a, p- a plan for you to get to France. And then he ends it with, don't worry about Jojo. He'll be fine. Which immediately mm-hmm. makes you think of a 10-year-old just being all alone. So again, yeah. waterworks. Just complete waterworks. And then the last thing, the last thing was the mirror imagery of Elsa asking Jojo, is it dangerous outside? And him turning to her and being like, extremely. All of it, just gut punch of emotions. Oh, and of course, Sam Rockwell being like, go take care of that sister of yours, ripping off the SS jacket and just screaming at Jojo, sacrificing himself. All of it. Yeah. All of it, all of it, all of it happens within... 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, the third act just takes your stomach and squeezes it. If you need to cry, just watch this movie. <laughs> like, watch the third act of the movie because it will get you. I don't care. Yeah. It, it will get you. It's a, it's a movie that makes you feel so good until it decides it doesn't want to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't expecting that because you spend... An hour and a, an hour and fifteen minutes, just laughing and like this is serious stuff, but it's also kind of ridiculous. And then boom! Like I said, even yeah. the most tension-filled scene has a lot of humor in it. So you're just like, oh, okay. And then totally rips it away from you. <laughs> oh, completely. Well, and I'm then, glad you enjoyed it. I love the ending, by the way. Yeah. Um, where he's just dancing in front of his front door. Dude, I love yeah. it. David Bowie's Heroes in German, I will take it any day. That's another little slight thing that I loved. Every song was German. Yeah. So they so, took like popular songs, but germ like they had it the German version. Yeah. I love and it. It's cool because if I'm not mistaken. Back then, a lot of British acts would record their songs in other popular languages like German. So those are like, it starts off with A Hard Day's Night, I believe, by the Beatles. But it's them actually singing the German words. Oh, that, yeah. I don't know. I'm that. pretty sure that's also Bowie singing in German, which is just a cool little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad you liked it, though. It, it I, makes me so happy because half the time I tell people to check out movies and they just don't feel it the way i, I think you said that last week too yeah i'm pretty sure i did <laughs> i think you said that last week but it was one of those like i'm so happy that i watched it i'm so happy that you told me to watch it but also gigantic middle finger to you like that that's payback because i said that an injury was coming for you and then you got hurt like sure. you were like you know what my thumb will heal your emotional scarring that's going to be there forever <laughs> and congratulations, you got me. All right. Well, moving on. I have I I I need another opinion from you actually. I'm down. Have you heard what might be happening to TikTok? I have. I don't believe it's happening until it happens. <laughs> like that's the only way that I can Yeah. So for people who don't know, there are threats that the U.S. government is going to ban TikTok from the country. Now, for people who don't know why, it is a Chinese app. It's like the first app ever not made in America to have blown up the way that it has. And with any other form of social media, it's collecting our data. But Facebook's been doing that for 15 years now, and no one's batting an eye. 
India has already banned TikTok from the country, and it seems like we might be coming up on that too. I don't know if it's because the government truly feels that TikTok is a threat or if Trump is still butthurt that everyone on TikTok bought tickets or reserved tickets to his rally and no one showed up, which, again, greatest prank of all time. I think he's having one in New Hampshire, so if you want to do the same thing, go for it. Um, I would miss TikTok a lot, though. I would feel very empty without TikTok. I would miss TikTok. No doubt about it. It's like, it's become a muscle memory for me. I, I, but right before I go to bed, I'm on TikTok. I wake up in the morning and I'm on TikTok. I sit down on the toilet. I'm on TikTok. It's the perfect way to pass time. And some of it, I mean, obviously with any social media platform, it's like, okay, this is super cringeworthy or oh, yeah. super dumb or super annoying or but we talked about him last week trevor wallace like uh like the the tiktok people that you follow even yeah. um uh berg uh hey hey berg the guy that does the trump oh. obama impersonations yeah like that stuff that's a minute at the most of just like entertainment just golden comedy and i don't understand why i don't understand why it took so long after vine for something like tiktok to come out yeah if i'm being honest i'm glad you bring up vine because now that tiktok is being threatened if you scroll through TikTok, everyone's like, oh, go follow me on instagram go follow me on youtube go follow me here just so that they don't lose all their followers because I think TikTok, TikTok is like the only social media platform where you can have 50,000 followers and still be considered a small creator. Yeah. Which I mean, 50,000 on, you know, YouTube is small, but you know, I have, I don't even think I've broken 400 followers on Twitter and I've had that for like eight years. Yeah. But this app that has existed for only a couple of years as TikTok people can blow up overnight and have a video see hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. So now everyone's trying to figure out what's next. The creator of Vine did make a new app and it's a lot like TikTok. I don't like it as much. I did download it just to give it a look and it's called Byte. Do you think that's where everyone goes now? Is it the same premise as Vine? Seven seconds? It's longer now, I think. It's definitely long. It, it feels like it feels like Vine and TikTok had a baby, and okay. I don't love it. But if TikTok goes away, we need something because Vine left such a void in social media, and it kind of existed a little bit longer on Twitter because you could follow funny at funny vines with an E and a three and an S, and you know there was like a billion of those. <laughs> I but TikTok is. TikTok's going to be hard to replace. Absolutely. And I loved Vine because in those seven seconds, it's the same reason why I love Twitter more than Facebook or Instagram, because you have this amount of space to get your thought out. Yeah. You have to be as creative as possible. But TikTok did. I feel like the difference between Vine and TikTok was that TikTok allowed you to add different elements like green screens and 
music and it wasn't just, you know, making fun of something or anything like that. Yeah. Do I think that everyone goes over to Vine I, or uh, Byte? I, no, I don't. Think because so? everyone, every, no, because it would, it, it would be hitting right now. I guess, but where do they go then? And again, this is is only if TikTok goes away. Yeah, yeah, but where did everyone go when Vine left? Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, exactly. So that's where it's going to be the same exact thing. And then there'll be long-form videos put on YouTube, Vimeo, Daily Motion, stuff like that. I guess. I just don't see... I just don't see like a Charlie D'Amelio... I've never seen any one of her videos in my life and I hope to keep it that way. Um, but I don't see that working on Instagram and definitely not Twitter because these are people who I, I, I hate to say it, but these like one percenters of TikTok. So like the D'Amelio sisters, um, yeah. Will Huddy, I forget who else. A lot of these names I'm pulling up are because Barstool, El Presidente got so <laughs> so involved recently. But for lack of a better term, they don't have a personality. Yeah. So there's there well, you might not need a personality on Instagram, like Twitter, you do. Like like Twitter, it doesn't matter what you look like. But they like, already but they already had their they already had their following, so it doesn't matter. I guess, but you don't think I don't know. I, I, I don't think they go to Twitter. If anything, they're going to go back to Instagram. They will go back to Instagram. The f- I was thinking more of the people that are actually talented. Those are the people that are going to also be on Twitter. Again, yeah. the Trevor Wallace's, like the funny, comical people. Yeah. Those are the people that will be on Twitter. Yeah. But the people that got famous doing like TikTok dances. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm definitely happy that that might not be a thing anymore. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that going away. I, <laughs> if I'm being I, honest. I'm still a little bit butthurt that I never got my 15 seconds of fame on TikTok, but I don't, I've only posted like three times and never, never a good post. I have one queued up that I just haven't gotten what I want. I do too. And I shared it on this, on this podcast. And I bleeped it. And you bleeped it. And... It's just at this point, it's too late. And I wish I acted quicker on it. Yeah, that's how I feel too. But I, it has to be short form video. And I don't think that bite is going to be the place that everyone goes. So I think that you'll see people maybe still film themselves doing whatever mm-hmm. and then throw that on Twitter just to keep like the TikTok dances and stuff like that going yeah. or the life hacks or whatever. But everything else, I think we're going to go back to long form if TikTok goes. Interesting, because I feel like long form just keeps dying. I don't know if people, especially like our generation, grew up watching, you know, half hour TV shows. And we were used to that. But the kids younger than us, like I, my... Hold, bear with me here. My family tree is crazy. My stepbrother's half-brother is currently living with us. He's nine. Mm-hmm. He watches nothing but YouTube videos. Yeah. He does not watch anything long form anymore. 
and yeah. his YouTube videos are on in the background while he's doing everything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, so long form, I think, is dying. And another thing is, too, on the creator side of it, a lot of people like TikTok because for the first time ever, video editing was so easy. Anyone can edit a video on TikTok because TikTok could make it so easy for you. YouTube doesn't have that accessibility. Me personally, I like that. (laughs) I do do too. Now, uh, I'll give, I'll say this for someone who went to school to learn how to edit a video. Right. uh, It's nice. It it is nice to feel like I have the advantage over other people because I don't, I don't, I don't even mean it. Like I want an advantage. No, I know what you mean. Like my little sister will make a TikTok and edit it. And she's doesn't know, like if I, if I threw on iMovie, she would not know what to do. Yeah, no. And that's the easiest software to video edit. Mm -hmm. So like for me personally, the idea of that being video editing, I'm going to sound like a snob or whatever, but like, it's not, it's just your, you could do the same thing on your iPhone. Like yeah, if you, you throw in a if filter you take a video, and a graphic and transition. Yeah, if, you, and... if you take a video outside and you want to cut it, you can do the same exact thing. That's not video yeah. editing. That's just using an iPhone. <laughs> like, but I, I know that people are like, oh yeah, no, I'm really good at video editing. And then. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, the, I, I know someone who has, I think about 500,000 followers on TikTok. And she's 18. And a lot of her edits, you know, it'll be like a simple, it'll be what we call a PowerPoint transition. Yeah. And it'll be a lot of those. And they're all things that come stock with TikTok. And it's great that people are, especially younger people, are able to sit down and figure this out at an earlier age because especially kids, you know, I see nine-year-olds doing this. When we were nine, YouTube was just a thing. Mm-hmm. So the fact that people are able to do that, but it also, everyone's like, oh my God, look at these crazy cool edits she's doing. And she didn't go to college for it. And it's just like, yeah, but also no. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, but bro, you want to see some cool edits? Go to my YouTube page, JT Marrero, put up a fire, fire New York Rangers playoff video. I which, endorsed by the, the way, hell out of this. You did. And I didn't I didn't specifically come out and say it when I was when I sent you the link on Friday when it came out. But I chose both songs specifically because of you. <laughs> I had a feeling. So it was a nod. <laughs> it was a nod to you. And I actually dedicated that video to you. And that's why I was so excited for you to see it. I loved uh, it, dude. I've watched it a few times. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm going to kiss your ass a bit for a second. I watched it and I remember watching it and I was even, I was having like a bad day too. And I was just smiling ear to ear the entire time. I was like, this is so cool. I'm so happy this is what he did. And what you did with the music too, I already explained. And just the transition between songs, like straight chills. It, it was a great video, dude. Everyone go check that out for sure. sure. Yeah, Thanks, no, of man. course. It was, it was fantastic. It's not a TikTok edit, but it's <laughs> whatever. 
Uh, <laughs> um, now, stoner thought, quarantine thought for guys that don't smoke, don't leave their room. Every single day, I am flabbergasted at how my transportation to work actually like just goes the train it makes yeah how does a train stay on the tracks it doesn't make sense to me is it all right okay is it like interlocked from what i can tell it's like the wheel is like a u yeah and then the there's the track but you can still see the track the it's almost like the wheel is just like on top of the rail. Yeah. But when you're on the train, like you move yeah, side you to rock. side. You yeah. So yeah. how does that not just I guess, fall over all the time? I guess it needs to have a little bit of. It's definitely got to have that ability to move, or it'll definitely. I think the ability to move keeps it from tipping. It's the same way that a skyscraper actually sways back and forth very slightly okay but i don't know it's funny that you said that though because i was wondering the same thing about sailboats recently dude those those are the dumbest thing that's the dumbest creation that anybody has ever come up with i think it's so cool i don't care what anyone says sailboats are stupid They're flat out stupid. Well, back before they had motors, they needed something to push the boat. But it's crazy because I always thought that the wind hits the sail like a kite effect. But apparently, the sail works just like an airplane wing. It glides on the air. You know that I don't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Why did you say airplane wing? Because those don't make sense to me either. That's what I'm saying. It's not a kite. It's an airplane wing. So it like cuts through the air. It cuts through the air and it it literally rides the air in the same way an airplane wing does. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Isn't that nuts? How do they go faster? Angles and such and faster wind. <laughs> and such. <laughs> it's so cool. I, I only say this because I was on a sailboat recently. And just watching it, I was blown away. Oh, yeah. I know that there's, like, something under the boat that makes it turn. But, yeah. Like, it doesn't entirely make sense to me what turns the boat. Mostly because so, I'm just used to seeing a tire, like, like, turn. turn. So, yeah, there's, like, a paddle underneath the sailboat that turns. But when I tell you... This, like if the sail is facing left and the captain just pulls it where the sail is facing right, this boat does a 180 before you realize where you're looking. Yeah, that's it's the craziest thing. <laughs> um all right, I have a scenario for you. Okay. Fight to the death. You're in Penn Station and have to fight off every person in Penn Station in order to survive. Now we'll do it like NCAA style. So let's just say, I don't know how many people fit in Penn Station. Let's just say like 3,000 people. Okay. Right? And it seems like a fair number. 
I was going to say 300, but I'll take 3,000. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're Penn probably Station closer is, than I am. Penn Station is so big that yeah. it does. that's another thing that doesn't make sense. I mean, it blows my mind how when I go into Penn, I'm in the back of the car, but then when I go home, I'm, I'm in the back of the car, but on the other side of the train. Like, I feel like somehow, some way the train flips, but it doesn't, it's just my brain. Yeah. Not, not working. So how many people do you think you would be able to fight off? Okay. Here's the thing. NCAA tournament style. So that that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously you're not going to be seated 3000th. No. And obviously you're not going to be seated first. Definitely not. So there's somewhere in there where you're going to lie, where you will be able to beat someone. How many people, if you had to fight to the death, do you think you'd be able to fight off? So, yeah. Okay. There's a couple of ways I think about this because I'm trying to think about how many people are in Penn Station. First of all, the children I can definitely take. I can take the children. And now the thing is where it gets questionable. Do I want to go for the, the man who's entirely healthy, but is also like worth a lot of money. So he probably doesn't do much physical activity or do I want to go towards like a homeless person, but they're a little bit psycho. So yeah. they might they might be physically weaker than me, but it's kind of mind over matter with those people. Yeah. Having said that, I would like to think I'm in the top like 75% of people in Penn Station. Wow. So I think I can beat about 25%. Those being children okay. and old people predominantly. <laughs> okay so i guess i'm in the bottom 25 is a better way to say it because i think the rest of the 75 percent of people above me can easily take me so this is one of those things that it popped in my head as i was waiting for my train and i'm like i'm waiting here way too long yeah and then i forgot what i saw but i saw something and i'm like if i had to fight every single person here to stay alive I would probably be able to fight off like three people and then I would just die. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why I said NCAA tur- tournament style. Yeah. So like, it's not just one big swarm, but like everyone just yeah. pairs up and you fight them. In that case, about three, I'm not a fighter. No, I, I'm I, not either. I, I have said this. The thing is too, some people, someone who's never been at Penn station before is probably thinking, what a crazy thought. Why would somebody think that? But the reality of the matter is, I feel like that situation is more likely to happen than not in Penn Station. Oh, yeah. That, this, is 100%. A, this is a spot that gets zero fresh air. No. That all the walks of life are in. Every piece of food you eat has probably been touched by a rat. And it's hot. And people are just on edge. And they have like, I don't know why they do this, but they have like different looks to Penn Station. 
Yeah. So if you're in like the nice area where like the restaurants are, it looks kind of like an airport. Yeah, very touristy, very nice. If you're where where the common folk are, the commuters, where where we go every single day, (laughs) you walk around, it's like cobblestone tile. (laughs) It's like this construction being done. So it just says like track number. It looks like a shitty like exhibit on a Disney ride. (laughs) And like there's piss everywhere. There's don't touch this. Don't touch that. There's a million things that you just don't want to be involved, especially when a pandemic's going on. Yeah. So if you've been to Penn Station, you've taken the Long Island Railroad in and back, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a commuter, I mean, not a commuter, if you're a tourist, that's lucky enough, like our California listeners, (laughs) um, that have been lucky enough to just be in like the airport part of Penn Station, like, good on you but you're right <laughs> like that's exactly that's a feeling yeah. that i have like it's like an eerie like i just have to get on the train i there's just have nothing, to get on the train there's nothing more life-threatening than being in penn station at two in the morning oh buddy you're telling me dude you, you it, it's bad i dude i tied one on and i yeah. was oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's a scary feeling like you want to talk about reevaluation? That was my. No, I don't really. Have, I was gonna try to do a Nick Miller thing, but he doesn't really have too many epiphanies. So, <laughs> no, that was my Schmidt. That was my Schmidt, where go. where he goes, uh, say like he goes crazy trying to get a lionfish, and he's like, "Hey guys, the lionfish. It was actually CC." <laughs> There it is. I knew I'd get it. One of my two personas from New Girl. (laughs) Yeah. No, I... Penn Station at 3 a.m. means that a woman can run right in your face, missing all her teeth, smelling like she just crawled out of a sewer and start singing the sun sun will come out tomorrow as loud as she can with her hand out waiting for you to tip her because she thinks she did a great job. I feel like a terrible human being, but I did the the New Yorker to someone. What'd you do? They came right up to me, like got right in my grill asking for like money. Money. And <laughs> I just, I have my AirPods in. I see them out of my peripheral and I just pick up, I slowly pick up my phone and just look at my phone <laughs> And they walk away, and I'm telling you, Lou Ferrigno Hulk music was playing as they were walking away. <laughs> At least it was in my head. Like, it was the saddest thing. I felt so terribly. I, when I was a Long Islander in the city, you stick out like a sore thumb. They know. They know. Oh, yeah. But I think this was a situation where I probably fit in too much. I was coming off of my freshman year of college and I got an internship in the city and I was on my lunch break and, you know, this was a nicer place. So I was wearing, I was wearing like, you know, dress pants. I had a button up shirt. I looked very professional, fresh haircut, you know, and I'm sitting down and I have my giant ass pair of beats on. And I think I was watching a trailer for something just dropped. It was either a Marvel movie a Star Wars movie or 
a um, Jurassic or Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> no, I wish. Uh, any amount of time Jojo Rabbit was in my life longer than it has been would be great, but it's fine. There are other movies to watch. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and this Buddhist guy comes up to me. He's got like, you've definitely seen him, where he's like a monk, shaved head. They have, they wear like the gowns, the whole thing. And he hands me a coin. Okay. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to watch the whatever trailer is, not be bothered. And I say, thank you. I'm like, all right. He gave me the coin and he's staring at me, just standing there staring at me. So I look up at him and he, he's like money. And that's all he says, money. I'm like, you want me to pay you for this? And he like nods his head. So I try to give it back and he backs up like hands in the air. Like I'm trying to give him, I don't know, I'm trying to give him a used condom and he backs up and he shakes his head. And I was like, buddy, I don't want this and I'm not paying for it. And he's like, take it. I'm like, okay, but I'm not paying for it. And then he like looks at me, he's like, no money. And I'm like, bro. So I put it down. I'm like, I don't want it. So he looks at me dead in the eyes and he goes, curse and walks away <laughs> crazy ex- experience of my life after that i do not interact with anybody in new york city that is the most perfect thing in the world because guess what, what? guess what anytime anything bad happens for the rest of your life you just be like <laughs> i was cursed fuck <laughs> that one time at penn station <laughs> Goddamn monk. It's like dinner for schmucks. <laughs> I release you. Like you gotta find the monk just just to get released from the curse. That makes so much sense. I gotta find him. Just be like, please, for the love of God. Oh, I just, Make it all just better. Lift the band, please. I just hand him a five dollar bill. Everything's great. Yeah. You would have paid him five dollars, you'd be like, like uh Zuckerberg, like just young and rich yeah. beyond your dreams. My life would be but so much instead, better. At this point. Instead, you break an appendage every other two weeks. <laughs> it's fine. I'm hurt inside and out. I'm, but it's definitely because of the curse. <laughs> definitely. Um, last thing, Max Greenfield was on a podcast that I'm getting back into. Mm-hmm. And number one is very similar to how I felt when I was watching Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems. There were certain moments where you heard like former characters come out. Same yeah. thing. Like there are so many moments where you just hear Schmidt and Max Greenfield's voice, which I love. Um, <laughs> yeah. He also said that he legitimately is true best friends with Jake Johnson, which I again, love that. I love. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that so much because so good. It makes me think. All right, like if Matt and I, like we, J- New Girl Two. Oh, for sure. We could we could be. We can make and Schmidt. And Schmidt. Like, the issue is, we at we any would do given what they moment, do. We would do what they do in Always Sunny when they make Lethal Weapon, and they would <laughs> we would just keep switching roles. So like one exactly. episode, you <laughs> would be Nick, I'd be Schmidt, and vice versa. If you're Nick, I'm Schmidt and vice versa. It's just how it works. Yeah, 100%. Um, But I sent you a couple clips and I can't get over how many moments in just the way that podcast 
like the guy one of the one of the hosts was saying how he was so sad he just bottled it up and then someone asked him if he was okay and he just fell out and was crying and i'm like this is such a me story that i sent it to you and you were like dude same yeah so i just wanted to say we're very close to being either famous tv stars or famous podcasters you think so <laughs> yeah <gasps> maybe we'd get more listeners if the buddha <laughs> didn't fucking curse you if that monk didn't curse you i gotta get my hands on that coin <laughs> we would have anchor would be paying us out the wazoo if that monk didn't curse you that day oh it's my fault <laughs> well, you're, well, you're just collateral damage <laughs> He probably cursed me too. Welcome to my life, buddy. <laughs> this is it. Well, what are I'm you bad do? news for everyone around me. That's uh, not true. Oh, I don't know. How, Matt, how long does it take you to do laundry? <laughs> okay. I'm glad you asked me this question today because I, I'm so picky when I do my laundry. Okay. One, I have a pile in the corner of my room that needs to get washed, but. I refuse to put any of my shirts in the dryer because they shrink a little bit. Yeah. So I hang everything. Okay. The issue is I have clothes that I washed like four weeks ago still hanging up in the other room that I have not folded that are now like all super wrinkly need to get ironed. So it takes, it's a, it's a few weeks of a process is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So that's a lot longer than what I thought I have. My decision to do laundry echoes very closely to, um, the, uh, stages of grief. (laughs) 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 Okay. Continue, please. Like the first first time I realized I need to do laundry is when you get to like the uh I don't want to say the emergency pair of boxers, but like oh the I wouldn't normally wear these, but they'll get the job done. For sure. For we all have that pair. Oh yeah. Then like three or four days later, you're like at the bare minimum and you're throwing on the ones that have the hole in it and your basket it like your hamper is like overflowing. Yeah. Like cup runneth over. Then probably the next day, the next day is when I'm like, all right, let me put my laundry in the washing machine. Yeah. Put one, one load of wash in. That's it. So now we're on day four already. So day four is when I get the rest of my laundry done. Day five is when I get it out of the dryer. Day six is when I bring it up to my room and then like day nine, it's like a nine day process. Yeah. It, it takes me a long time. And cause I don't fold it. I will stare at this. Yep. I have a hamper right next to me. I will stare at that thing for what, until I have that feeling of, all right, time to get my life together. That's, for sure. That's the feeling. Like that's the only, you know how there's like the meme of, uh, it was like, I don't know. It was like a relatable girl mm-hmm. Instagram. 
it's like when I have like my bra and underwear matching, like I feel like I have my life together. When I put my, when I fold my laundry, I feel like the, I've voted before in my life. I still haven't felt as much of an adult as when I put my laundry away every two or three weeks. No, for sure. And the only reason my clothes don't sit in the washing machine longer than they do is because I know someone will dry them all. And I've had all my shirts dried and shrink on me. And it is the worst feeling in the world. I remember that happening to me uh, when I was working retail and I have like this nice quarter zip, by the way, in college, I was so much more on top of this. So it was every Friday. The thing is in college, you have no choice. Yeah. You have true to too. be on top of your laundry. But for me, it was like, all right, so every Friday I'm going to go to my morning class. I'm going to do my sports radio show. I'm going to come back, do all my laundry, clean up my room and then get ready for the weekend of just being a degenerate. I miss having a routine. Dude, that was great. <laughs> um, it's weird. I When I didn't have my life together, I did. And now that I do, I don't. It's like, if that if that monk didn't curse you, I feel like I'd be thriving right You'd now. You'd be so much better <laughs> off. <laughs> um, like, when I put my clothes away, I it's like... There's nothing. I'm Thanos after he's, he does the snap and he sits down. There's nothing that I can do but just peace. Also, for whatever reason, I have a hamper in my room and I have like dirty clothes on my floor because I, I just obviously reuse the same hamper. My room is so messy right now. Mm-hmm. But once I put my clothes away, my room is so clean. And that doesn't life. make sense. It does not make sense yeah. because there's nothing, like I said, in one corner there's dirty clothes on the floor and the other corner there's my hamper and those are the only things that would need to change but somehow some way maybe it's mental but my room looks so much cleaner when my clothes are put away dude 100 percent. and it's it feels like the easiest thing in the world just you know put your clothes away throw them in a bag you're good it is so much effort in my mind to put my clothes away, to figure out which drawer this pair of pants goes in, to get enough hangers and hang everything up, to fold things, to find the, the second sock because God knows where it went. It is such an easy task that it could it's be difficult. done. Yeah, and it's so it's just monotonous, I guess. I don't know because in reality, yeah, I can just pull it out of the pile of clean clothes. I know it's clean. Why does it matter if it's away? But it also freaks me the hell out when my entire floor has clothes everywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah. Laundry sucks. And to your point, so every, I would say like the late October to like early April, late March, it was like Q-zip season up at school. Yeah. So I got this cotton quarter zip, not like cotton, like legitimate, like Scottish, like cotton. Like good. Yeah. Cannot be dried. Yeah. I remember I left a load of wash when I came on a visit. I left a load of wash in the washing machine. Someone moved it. And I'm telling you, I, it shrunk to the point where like it, it was a crop top. Yikes. And I was so mad. And I said something and my parents were like, are you serious right now? 
are you really yelling at us for doing your laundry? I was like, you have a point. I'm sorry. <laughs> and from now on, I just do laundry. I start when everyone goes to bed. Yep. And I just stay up till three, four in the morning. Till it's done. Yeah. Till I, I literally have to do laundry tonight because yeah, I'm wearing my boxers right now. They have, they have Chewbacca on them. Those are fire. They're great. I call them my two boxers, but it's really awkward when you bend over and it looks like you have a hairy ass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> hairier ass. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse when you have those reserved underwear that don't like if you wanted to go for a run or anything like that they do nothing yeah, for you it's just so you chafe just chafe. Yeah. yeah you just chafe you just start a fire just going for a run <laughs> and that's what you're down to and you have to you're like well, if i don't go for a run i'm gonna be upset because i need to feel better do about myself. Active. Yeah. yeah but then if i go for a run then i'm gonna basically have rug burn on my thighs so real tough dilemma here and it's it's, it's the worst. It's, it's the it's worst. Tough. My, doing laundry should. You're right. Doing laundry should take less time, but it's at least a ten day yeah. experience. Easily, my day. How good my day is is definitely determined by the pair of underwear I put on in the morning. Honestly, I my right now in my realm of life. My idea of a good day is when I leave my house and I'm not already drenched in sweat so that it ruins yeah, the clothes that I'm wearing. Sure. That's because you have to look nice or at least presentable at the moment. You're working. I, for one, am just full embracing the homeless look. I might have to look presentable, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it this far, thank you so much, truly, for listening. We love doing this, not only because we get to talk to each other every week and we have a set, we have no choice but to talk to each other every week, which is great. Yeah. Because um, I'm really bad at keeping in touch with people. So the fact that I know I have to is totally great. But we love doing this. And it's so cool that some people, mainly our friends, listen to this. But I don't think we get, to, we don't thank them enough for listening. So if you are our friend and listening to this, thank you. It truly means a lot to us. And if you're not our friend and you're listening to this, also thank you. Thank you more, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They and they feel like they have to listen to this. You don't. If you want to be our friend, follow us on Instagram. Exactly. At Podcast. Yep. Or our personals, uh, which will all be in the description below. Thank you all again. Always feel free to get in touch. Email us. Uh, voice message us. We're... Always super stoked to hear from everyone. 100%. And that's bro ship. Have a great weekend.